Yes, I'm Richard Stack, and I am playing Stanley Nimick, a vacuum cleaner salesman, and probably something more. Uh, I am Chris Gladys. I am playing Father Gill, a priest at St. Bridget's Church. Hi, uh, my name is Christine Thomas. I am playing the character Minha Kang, uh, who is the headliner at the nightclub Azul. I was also going to ask you guys before we began how you wanted your spidey sense to manifest. <laughs> like, do you want goosebumps? Do you want a headache? Do you want itchy toes? Do you want... <laughs> I would say it's like a cousin to a panic attack, but not not that. Whatever the equivalent of a panic attack is, but with rage. I, I'm thinking maybe like a strange smell. <laughs> okay, so there's there's some some kind of an odor mm-hmm. that you recognize as yeah. <laughs> I think for Mina, it would be probably like warm sensation on her face, like warm wind or something like that. City of Mist, Issue 1. Exterior Morning. On the cover, we see a massive metropolis, heavily populated. Tenements, slums, Art Deco high-rises. The city proper is busy, but clear. The borders of the city are all surrounded by a thick, swirling, gray, impenetrable mist. And in the sky, streaking down towards the city, is something like a meteor, Something like a comet. It is a blaze from velocity on a trajectory towards the heart of the city. We open the book. Splash page. 10 a.m. This thing slams into the middle of a city block. A powerful sound wave ripples out through the population. Smoke and steam cloud and confuse. Power lines rip, whipping out. Unrestrained electricity crackling. A five-story apartment building begins to sway. A fire in the nearby corner market, a stampede in the streets, the mob rushing in all directions. Ten minutes earlier, 9.50 a.m. Stanley Nimick, where are you? Um, yeah, so I have probably um, just woken up, so it's in a, a apartment that's bit run down and much too large for one person uh it's the bed that he wakes up from is not a bed per se but it's more a pull-out couch in what looks like kind of a spare room um as he sort of walks out into the rest of the the apartment there you're just like uh, there are other doors that are closed it doesn't appear that they have been opened anytime recently given the state of everything else piled around so as you're getting ready for your day what is your look what are people seeing when they see you today um, say he attempts to, to put on his, his suit, though he's not putting a whole lot of effort into getting it straight anymore, but to be a nicely presented salesman, that's apparently what you're supposed to wear. Um, and he's getting his, his large case of, uh, demonstration vacuum and a, a kind of oversized coat. You're getting ready to get out into the world. And there is suddenly a wave that passes by your entire neighborhood. It feels like there's a gigantic explosion pretty close to where you are. What is your first reaction? Eh, what now? I don't think I really adjust much. I just kind of continue 
doing my preparations and, and get ready. And if I see something when I go outside, then maybe I'll think about doing something else. 9.50 a.m. Father Connor Gilroy. Uh, morning services are done. I'm getting ready to, to sit in the booth to do confession. Uh, we usually do a rotation, but uh, 10 a.m. is usually when I, I, I start hearing confession for anyone who comes. And what do people see when they see you today? I'm well put together. I keep my clothes, you know, nice and, and clean and pressed. I've got the classic, you know, Catholic priest look, uh, all black with a little white collar thing going on. Kind of a, a shortish, slight man, looks younger than he is, uh, certainly carries himself like he knows what he's doing, getting stuff ready, occasionally sort of brushing a little dust off of a, a votive candle or something like that as we get prepared for confession time. There are a handful of parishioners, maybe mm -hmm. not that many, queued up, waiting patiently in the, in the <laughs> pews for you to begin. <laughs> when it sounds like uh, an explosion goes off, okay. maybe two blocks away. Oh, my. You can feel the foundations rattle and dust fall from the ceiling of the church. Okay. Uh, I, how does the, the crowd react there is a mix. There's definitely murmuring. Mm -hmm. There's definitely moving around. A couple people sort of get up to go outside. Mm -hmm. A few don't move, but kneel and cross themselves. Uh, I try to reassure them. Uh, I, I, I just say, everybody, please uh, remain calm. Remain calm. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get confession started in a few minutes. I just want to, uh, I want to, I want, I want to make sure that everything's okay. Uh, so please... Uh, wait here. Uh, if you want to get in your, your Hail Marys and your Our Fathers ahead of time, you can perhaps start now. And uh, I will head to the, the front doors of the church to take a look outside. You can hear a growing murmuring, getting louder in panicked voices, uh, running past where you are, but maybe not towards where you are. It does look like there are a few people coming right towards the church, maybe looking for some safety. I will I'll kind of usher them in. I'm like, please, please, please come in. It's uh, We're all okay. What, and I'll ask somebody, what, what happened? What, what's going on? An older man says, I, I'm not sure. There was, there was a, an explosion. It sounded like something, something happened just, just a few blocks down. I think there was a it, fire. Okay. Is, are, are people all right? Is, is anybody hurt or? I don't know. I don't know okay. what exploded. Right. It's, it sounds okay. like, I'm not sure. All right. Well, tell you what. Why don't you uh, uh, head into the church? Um, see if uh, if you can find uh, Father McKenna or or Father O'Boyle, and uh, one of them can can help you out. I'm going to just go and make sure. Uh, see if I can help in any way. All right. So uh, head inside. Head inside. You're going to be fine. And I'm going to start heading in the direction of where people are coming from. Nine fifty a.m. Minha Kang. On a Tuesday morning, what time do you wake up? I try not to sleep in too hard, but it's been a rough, rough weekend, and Mina has needed a little bit of time to recover. So I'm assuming that she's probably aiming to roll out of bed at 11. <laughs> uh, you bounce out of bed right around 10 when it feels like a shockwave rolls right through your, your bedroom. A lot of things on your walls shake. Things fall off the bookshelf. And you wake up on the floor as things are still beginning to fall. So the first thing I, mean, I would probably do would, would be stand up and dust herself off and make sure all of the things in her room, like nothing, there's no broken glass or anything, just pick up what she can. And immediately she makes a beeline 
to uh, check on the other girls. Describe where you live. Minha lives in a nightclub uh, where she does performances and she trains the other girls to perform at said nightclub. Uh, so since being the headliner, she gets a room all to herself. She goes down a long hallway and goes towards basically like a bunk room where some of the other girls are. And she bursts and she goes, is everybody okay? Is everybody all right? It looks like they were all jolted awake as well. So there is confusion. How many girls are here? Uh, in this particular bunk, uh, I'd say probably anywhere between six to eight. They are all also awake as well. Um, I think one of them. Let's say Claire. Yeah. It looks like she has a cut on her forehead from bouncing out of bed the wrong way and landing poorly. Oof. Uh, and there's a, another one of the girls is already rushing to sort of bind her wound. Oof. Okay. Uh, do, do you all have this handled? Are you all Okay. I think so. What happened? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me go ahead and see what happened. Does anybody else need me? Does anybody need... Let, here, let me take a look at that. It's, is that all right? And I go and examine the cut real quick. It's going to bruise, and it'll leave a mark, but it's not deep, and it's not bleeding too hard. Okay, I put a hand on Claire's shoulder, and I go, honey, nothing makeup won't cover. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Just be careful, and I'll go see what's going on. Okay, girls? I'll be right back. Claire smiles weakly as you go. And as you go, what does your look like when you're ready to go out into the world? <laughs> uh, considering the circumstances, I realize that I am probably not the most well-dressed at the moment. I am in my comfy clothes. So I'm probably in some type of like nightgown and slippers. <laughs> this is not what I typically want my clientele to see me uh, dressed as. And I realize it for a quick second and I go, crap. So I run back to my room. I throw on something really quickly. I throw on a pair of heels, put my hair up in a messy bun and I strut out in my heels, immediately head to the manager's office. Who is the manager of your club? The manager is a gruff old man named Andy. As somebody who owns the club, he's very much the type of person who knows he has power and he's not the nicest person on the planet, but Mina puts up with him because he mostly leaves her alone because he knows that Mina makes the money for him. So short, gruff man, salt and pepper, grayish hair, uh, usually got a cigar in his hand. Yeah, it is too early for Andy to be here this morning, but the, the door to the, the office is unlocked. Okay. Um, I, Open the door to the office. I look around. I'm assuming, and I'm assuming there's like stuff all over the floor or something, like stuff has fallen off the walls. Yeah. I mean, it's normally not a very organized room and it is now less organized. It looks like one of the shelves completely collapsed. I blink. I mutter to myself, crap, of course he's not here yet. That lazy bastard. Uh, and I turn and I immediately step out the door. I, I check my hair really quickly, make sure the bun is staying. Clack, 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 clack in my heels, out the door, avoiding any debris on the floor. And I go out towards the street. As soon as you open the door, you are hit with a wall of dust and dirt. So something has happened and there is a massive cloud of debris. And you can tell it's all blowing from where you are, probably the south. Is there anybody nearby? Like, is there anybody else in the street? There are a number of people running. Looks like they're going away from whatever just happened. Ah, fun. I believe I have 
a little spy dog. So my spy dog is a Chindo dog. So if you've never heard of those, uh, they kind of look like Akita. So my little Chindo dog named Jun, I do a little Jun, get over here. And I summon my little Chindo. If someone was watching you right now and they could tell what you were up to, what would they see happen uh, as your dog arrives? Just see this uh, little reddish, uh, red and white dog trotting out from like whatever side alley where it's, he can be a little bit inconspicuous. And you just see this little dog, like 25 pound dog, pretty small. Uh, this one is anyways, a little guy, just happily trotting out with the curled tail up in the back and just walks up and sits in front of me. He does. He's uh, he's very happy to see you this morning. Hi, June. What a good boy. And I give him some scratches just under the chin and between the ears. June, I need you to help me out. Down south, that way. I need you to go ahead and see if you can figure out anything that's going on. Like if you can bring back something or like if you will see anyone or if there's something important. Just do you think you can nose around a little bit? Okay, buddy. Go ahead. Can you roll to see how well June performs for you? Okay, so how do I do this roll? Leave these sixes? You're rolling two d6s plus power. So whatever tags you have, that would help him fulfill your commands. <laughs> I think in this, per- in this particular case, I only see one tag that would really work, which is doggo. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Let's see. So just right. roll 2d6 plus one? Yes. Roll plus doggo. Plus doggo. <laughs> roll plus... Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so that's a six plus the one that's seven. You have a feeling that doggo is going to find something, but it might take him a few minutes. So you stand in the doorway and watch him go off into the dust. Stanley. It is about the time that you would normally go out to work and the noise and confusion outside just seems to have grown and is coming in through the windows. The noise, you can feel the windows rattling a little bit from wind, things blowing by. Uh, My plan is to take my case and step outside as I normally would. It's certainly your neighborhood. Okay. It didn't seem like there was much of a disaster in your apartment. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're not as close as others. Okay. But you can definitely feel the wind rushing towards you. And you can see just confusion on the streets, lots of screaming, lots of running. And so I'm seeing a lot of dust. There is a lot of dust. Yes. So, hmm, a lot of people are going to need vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> and I start heading towards wherever my, my uh, I'm assuming I can have a you know beat up car of some kind. Yeah. Now, these streets right now are pretty clogged. Uh, well, I start, everyone... I start, start heading towards it, but then make okay. other observations and, yeah, make other plans, I imagine. Similarly, I guess I like to do a, a investigation um, to see if I can kind of get a bit, you know, where exactly this is coming from. What tags would you like to use? And I, I think, like, our, our last check here, I only have one that really would apply, which would be the knows the city tag. Okay. That's pretty much all I got. So, similar, uh, we got a seven. <laughs> Tell me the way that you are investigating. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to look and see if I can gather based on where whatever flow of people or dust or other things that are happening is, is coming from the direction it's coming from. And with my knowledge of the city, trying to figure out where like geographically that would be. 
terms of streets, maybe intersections or neighborhood or... Because you, you succeeded with a power of one, the one equals a clue. And for each clue you get while investigating, you can ask me a specific question. Um, yeah, so, so like, where, where do I think this is, the origin of this is? It looks like as you're starting to walk towards your car, it looks like um, the force of the explosion is coming from what will be your left when you get up to this next corner. Maybe at this point, it's not blowing as powerfully or as strongly as it was just a few minutes ago. So maybe this first wave is calming down a little. In trying to get a sense of the direction it's coming from, you don't quite know how far away it is. It wasn't next door. It wasn't about one block away, but exactly how far away it is, you're not quite certain at this point. You feel like you probably have to turn down the street and head into the dust to get a sense of exactly how far away it was. So being that I was heading near my car, kind of shrug a moment and go lock the um, the vacuum bag into my trunk. Wanted to keep that safe, of course. It's very expensive. I don't want to be on the hook for that. Uh, and then start just sauntering towards the, the source of the explosion and dust. Father Gill, where are you going? Uh, heading towards what I think might be the source of, of the event. So I'm kind of going against the flow of people who are running away from it. Yeah, they are definitely a river against you. <laughs> and uh, But you're able to sort of get through a lot of people sort of stumbling. This is not a solid mass of yeah. people. I try to, if somebody, if somebody yeah, trips and stumbles, I try to pick them up and I'd be, you know, head to St. Bridges. I think you recognize a couple of your parishioners out sure. and they recognize you. Yep. Seem very happy to see you and, <laughs> and go in the direction that you are pointing. Yeah, you've gotten about a block down. It seems like the power of this dust storm is starting to dwindle, starting to come apart a little. Okay. And you can see about another block away, mm -hmm. a pretty big fire. Oh, dear. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, this has just happened, so I don't think the fire trucks are on, on the way yet. But uh, I'm going to head that way, uh, see if there's anybody that that i can help with with what i've got i mean this this can't possibly be worse than uh you know the war so so you're about halfway down the block when you see some police cars speed past you on their way towards whatever just happened uh so father gill you're mm -hmm. you're making your way towards whatever just happened yep. when you start to feel your pulse quicken mm -hmm. maybe your blood pressure rising mm -hmm. And a little bit of anger, and you can't quite tell where it's coming from. This would then be probably a good time to, to really, you know, look around, as it were. Look beyond the mist. Look beyond the mist. It's not on the, it's not on the move sheet, I don't think. It's on the second page of it, I think. If you have anything that would help you see beyond the veil. See beyond the veil? Not really. I mean, I've got, as a, as a minister to the community, I've got access, access the vulnerable, right? Which is perhaps, you know, my, my concern for those who are, who are in danger or in trouble or sick or ill or things of that nature. And, uh, you know, my, my main purpose for being here is to see, is there anybody who is uh, in danger that I can help? Mm -hmm. And so perhaps with that. I am also going to be super flexible. So Fantastic. If, you, if you want to make an argument that self-control <laughs> is helping you, or, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm accessing those 
the, that that wartime training, you know, when everything kind of is 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 going off and uh, things are not good, you got to have that self control to make sure that you don't panic. Yeah, whatever. If you can justify it, I won't push too hard. Okay. Okay. So that'll give me then two. Sure. Access the vulnerable and self control. Yes. Bless your heart. All right. <laughs> oh, double sixes. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Missed like, what missed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what veil? You've had this feeling before. Okay. But maybe this is the first time that you, in particular, have been able to really reach out and something sort of opens in your mind and in your Ooh. heart. Father Gill's sort of experience with this and experience of the mist is still kind of new to him mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense. Uh, I feel like he he still hasn't got the sense of like, these are the things I need to look for. So mm-hmm. I would say you give me two things, and perhaps as he grows, he'll be able to to be a bit more specific with what he wants. You stop in the middle of this dust storm as it is beginning to calm, and uh, the mass of people are also starting to thin out. Though people are still walking very fast, and some are still sprinting down the middle of the street away from whatever just happened. And you stop in the middle of all this and look up because you have a sense that there is something above you. And it looks like as this, as the air begins to clear out, there is a figure hovering high up in the air above the fire. And this thing, this humanoid, it seems to be all in white with flowing robes and very wide wings and I cross myself. Yeah. <laughs> you probably stare at this thing for a moment because no one else seems to be seeing it. Mm-hmm. Except for a strange bird that is on a, uh, a power line. Very still. It is not one of the local pigeons. It is not a robin. I think there is a chance that you might recognize it because you seem to know a lot about birds. It's a weird hobby, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So let's see if you were trying to remember something, Mm -hmm. what would that be? This is our chance to like figure out all the things we can roll for. Yeah. Yeah. All the stuff. (laughs) Um, All right. So we'll do over change the game. Uh, We can, we can certainly throw in self-control again. There is this angel hovering above me that is, is highly distracting. And I think that's all I can really feel like I can justify, honestly, is is just maintaining self-control. Okay, yeah, and just yeah. trying to, like, calm yourself to remember some yeah. of these birding books deep, you've read. Take a few deep breaths. So, I, I, Angel, I can deal with in a minute. What is this bird? All right, let's see how we do. Uh, a four and a six. It's a ten, plus one, eleven. Okay. You remember this bird... Not one of the the main birding books that you have, but from one that you saw maybe in a library some time ago. Mm-hmm. This is an ibis. Ooh. Very long bill. This is mm-hmm. not the kind of bird that flies around and perches on the top of power lines. No. They're 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 water birds. They should be wading in, in a in a river down by the, the Nile or something. Yeah. And this one seems to be very calm just watching and taking in everything all around. Interesting. And that okay. is, so you've, you've noticed this thing hovering in the air. 
you've noticed this ibis. And by the time you come back to yourself, you see that the police are starting to put up a line trying to keep people out from whatever okay. just happened. Oof. That's weird. Okay. The Minha. It might take June another few minutes or so, and as you close the door, you can see that your very nice dress is suddenly very dusty. <laughs> I run up to my room. Would it be practical for me to wear a jacket or something? This is autumn, so it can definitely be chilly. It's not ice cold. It's not a, a snowy weather. But there are certainly many people out with a with a wrap or some kind of a jacket. Okay. Uh, if that's the case, uh, while June is out doing investigative sniff-sniff things, uh, I run back over to my room, throw the dress on, like, a chair or something, uh, and grab another one. Okay, the heels match. Okay, good. We're good. Check the hair. <sighs> Seriously? Really? I undo the hair, and I just literally just grab it like a ponytail and just shake the dust out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, throw on another dress, uh, grab like a really long coat. And uh, because of the dust, I'm also going to grab like a thin scarf or something that I could just wrap around my face. And I start heading back out. And you open the door and there he is <gasps> sitting boy. happily on the, on the stoop, wagging his tail. Oh, good job, June. What did you find, little buddy? In his mouth is a clue, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, <Convenient enough. laughs> which might manifest itself as a very small bone. Once you have a clue, you can ask me any question about the subject of the investigation, which you can say, mm. is this bone or it's the storm or this explosion, anything that you might have wanted to know. Am I able to identify... Um what type of bone this is, whether this is like an animal bone or uh, what kind of animal. Your question is, what I, I kind think of bone for, this I is? I think for the investigation, it would fit, fit in, yes. You recognize this kind of bone from the last time you were at the Natural History Museum. This looks like a finger bone from a human. But it is definitely a bone bone, and there is nothing on it that is not bone, except maybe a little bit of uh, uh, saliva. <laughs> I look at June. Buddy, you know what you brought me back, right? Good boy. And I scratch him between the ears. You never you never fail me, buddy. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> um you know what? I got it. And I I, I do the thing where I, I delicately pick up the bone with these two fingers and I very apprehensively just slowly put it in my pocket and go there's a bone in my pocket there's a finger bone in my pocket there's a finger bone in my pocket there's a finger bone in my pocket crap <laughs> what am i supposed to do with this i think for mina she's gonna not venture outside again because the finger bone is a bit of a deterrent and she kind of puts that in the back of her brain for later she goes well so much for changing uh she goes back up to her room folds up the coat nicely puts it in a in somewhere in the very back of the bottom of a drawer of her dresser and uh, goes to the girls and uh, checks up on Claire. This is something that I can handle later. I just, there's a bone in my coat pocket. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, as you go back inside, June watches the door closed and we can see the panel where he looks about 
and walks off into an alleyway. And if anybody was watching, they would see this dog fade away. Stanley. Okay, so the air is starting to clear. The dust is starting to settle. The cars are still bumper to bumper, but the sidewalks are starting to clear out a little bit as well. You sense a kind of strange smell that uh, comes across you from time to time. Not another one. All right, where is it? Start looking around. Pretty sure all I could really apply here maybe at best is uh, being very persistent. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely stop. Take them, take it all the time you need to examine your surroundings. Not too bad. Uh, we got an eight. So that is a clue. Would you like to ask me any question you have about your surroundings, or would you like me to just tell you something? Um, well, they'll probably be one and the same, but I'm trying to identify where the, the source of the smell. So from where you are on this street, you can sort of see down, uh, you're almost at an intersection, and you can sort of see down towards the right, see down towards the left, and see straight ahead. And from where you are, you can see what looks like a, a priest on the sidewalk who is also sort of standing there looking around a little confused. And you think that he might have a strange odor about him. Um, yeah, I will just continue walking right towards him. Father Gill, mm -hmm. most everybody on this street is running around and acting kind of a little uh, panicked. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm doing my best to, to help people calm down and, and make sure, you know, is anybody hurt? Is anybody okay? Uh, does anybody need help? And as you are attending uh, to the masses, a man who is very calm seems <laughs> to be staring right at you. Okay. And walking through the crowd, avoiding everybody who's panicked and moving around quickly. Mm -hmm. So he's walking right towards you. I'll, I'll take a look towards him. Do I get? Do I sense anything from him as he approaches? I mean, he, I'm not used to seeing calm people in this scenario here. Yeah, it's strange. I think Suspicious. that um, focusing on him, you can feel your heartbeat start to increase just a little bit. Okay, feel and I feel I, your rage. I don't know that you need to roll again at this point because your your senses are still sort of up. Okay, yeah, I, I can be. I feel that 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 pulse quicken thing, and I sort of take a couple deep breaths to to calm that down because I don't know if he's a threat or not. Uh, so as he, as he approaches, I, I approach him I'm like, uh, are, are you all right? Do you need help? Tip my hat moment. And, and of course I would have to have a hat to be properly dressed. Sure. Um, look up. Yeah, fine. What's going on here? There appears to have been, uh, an, 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 in, an incident of some sort. There's uh, there's people who need help. The police are here. Are you, uh, able to, to help? Do you have any, uh, yeah. Um, I have ways. That's, that's, that's great. Uh, Come, come with me. We need all the help we can get. Just sort of turn around and, and again, I'm looking for, you know, yeah, people, I don't know, people who are injured, people who are trapped under reasonably movable rubble, uh, things of that nature. And I will probably be focusing on specifically people who are trapped under, you know, movable rubble and things, figuring that yeah. I can be durable enough to not have a problem with it. It looks like right around where you are, you're still about a half a block from the police line. So while people are panicked here, it doesn't look like the integrity of these buildings is damaged. But it does definitely sound like and look like there is 
much more commotion up ahead. Sirens from ambulances and fire trucks headed in this direction. So yeah, Stanley, you feel pretty strongly that this that this priest, this father, that there's something something strange about him, something not quite human. But then you also sort of get that feeling from other places around you. And yes, you can see this white-robed winged figure high up in the air above the fires. Uh, and then you also get a sense from this strange bird perched on a, on a power pole. Being, I assume, still still near Father Gill, I kind of point at the, the airborne angel thing and say, um, has that been there long? No, that was, well, that was here when I got here, but I don't think it's been here long, and I have no idea what to do with it. As you point and talk, a man rushes by, sees you pointing at the sky, and you can see him turn, look up, look confused, look back to you, look up, confused, and continue on his way. Okay. St. Bridget's, are they are like the police and the, the first responders that they seem to have things kind of handled at this point or no are, are, okay so our help is not yet superfluous yeah they are it it looks like now you're still a little bit of a distance away from whatever this this right. thing is this this issue um but it looks like at this point there are just their emergency vehicles trying to get okay. through the traffic uh and there are police trying to set up a line but they haven't actually addressed anything that's going on okay uh, I'm, I'm going to gamble that at least a couple of officers are probably parishioners. I mean, it's a it's a fairly large church, and and see if I can uh, either get them to let us through, or slip through the you know be able to slip through the line, or or at least get something like information from from one of them. So the two of you walk up to the police that are setting up barricades, yep. and there is a police officer that looks almost panicked. Okay, uh, sort of pulling stuff out of the trunk of his car and trying to set up barricades and trying to move debris around. And he sees the two of you come up and he holds up in his, his hand and says, back up for your own safety. Just we're asking everyone to, to move from the area. I, I look at him and go, Tommy, uh, Tommy Grossi. Is that you? Oh, father. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you shouldn't be around here. It's very dangerous no, here sorry. right now. So are you, are you okay, Tommy? Are you all right? I, 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 this is, this is, a, this is, I don't know what's going on, but are you okay? I'm yes, I'm I'm okay, but you look uh, please, a little, you look a little, a little, a little flustered, Tom. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Father. It's that kind of day. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can tell. Yeah, can but tell. but please, uh, uh, the, it's too dangerous around here. Maybe maybe you should go back to the church to make sure everyone's okay there. Uh, there I've been directing people there. I just want to make sure. You see, he he kind of leans into Tommy. I, I'm I'm very glad you're here. I want to keep you safe. All right. I I know that that little Lisa is is at home um and i kind of lean into him i say tommy I, I i saw this kind of thing back in the war all right I, I i need to help you understand this is this is part of who i am so i need to see if there's anybody i can help if there's any assistance we can give uh i i, I can't leave unless i do it you know how it is tommy right i understand father but yeah but really i can't i can't let anyone in there unless they Use a move on me or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was trying to narratively get to that, but yes, okay. Um, all right. So <laughs> convince. That's a wonderfully direct one. And I've got uh, certainly uh, gain confidence is one of my tags. And uh, since he's, uh, I, I gave him a nice Italian surname. I'm a Catholic priest. So that probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll give me at least two. 
Vince, Tommy Grossi to, to let me pass. Don't worry. I'm, I'm here to minister to the minister to those who need help, Tommy. So yeah, six and a five, that's 11 with two more is, is ridiculous. Basically, I just want him to, to just convince him that I am here to, I am here to help. We are here to help, uh, that we are certainly capable of helping. He can just let us through and don't worry, we can take care of ourselves. Oh, geez. All right. Okay, Father, but but please don't don't get too close. If if oh. and if you see anything, if you see anyone that needs help, and then you can't do anything, you come right back here, and uh, oh, and me and some of the boys will come come help out. And believe me, as soon as as soon as the the fire departments and the the paramedics are here, we will step right back. Well, we will let the professionals do their job, but uh, we just. I can't leave people who need help. You know and that. Before, before the conversation's even over, I just start walking past the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tommy sort of watches you walk past and it's like, oh, yeah. He's fine. Uh, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. He was, yeah. yeah. The, the two of you be careful. Yeah. The two of you be I careful. I him on the shoulder. I'm like, you're, you're a good man, Tommy. You're going to be a great father. And, uh, <laughs> and head on in. Miha, the girls have mostly calmed down. And it sounds like things are starting to calm outside as well. Uh, what time are we assuming that it is? Like, I'm assuming right around probably after lunch-ish or? Uh, no, we're still right. Maybe like maybe 1030 now. Oh, it's still 1030? Oh, yeah. gosh. Okay. Um, if that's the case. So the girls are all all right, which means rehearsals are going to start at some point soon, I'm assuming. And I go up to one of the girls and I ask, has Andy come in yet? I know he's not usually around in the morning, but I, I want to know if he knows anything about it, all this. Etta says, no, I, have, I haven't seen him. <sighs> okay, leave it to Andy to not be here during a crisis. All right. Girls, are you all able to run rehearsal without me? Claire seems fine. She was the, you know, she's, she's back on her feet. She's moving well. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, just You just want us to run through... Run through the yeah, numbers. Yeah, just run through the numbers. Just go ahead and just do, uh, just run through the numbers. We don't have our show until, we, we really don't have to have all this solid until Friday. And this is all stuff you all know. I trust you girls. Uh, Esther, you're my second in command today. Make sure that you give notes. I trust you. I trust your notes. Uh, make sure, girls, that you're able to do this, all this stuff. Don't wear out your cords. I don't want anybody belting uh, anything too rough, especially th since there's all this dust outside. Save your voices. I'm going to see if I can get a little bit more information about what's going on. All right. So you all run rehearsals on your own. I'm going to grab my coat and uh, I will, I'll be back in a couple of hours. And Maria says, do you need me to come with you? No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You all are fine uh, here without me. I'll be fine out there. Don't, I know enough people in this city that, you know, if I if I need some help, I'll probably find somebody uh, and I'm not going to be far. Don't worry. OK. All right, everyone. Let's let's get ready to, to start running through the numbers. All right. Bye, girls. So she runs. Uh, she heads back to her room, grabs the coat with the finger. And just real quickly before she heads out, does her veil sense tingle at all? Mm. Well, let's find out. How about you just roll? To look beyond the mist. Alrighty. So I think in this case, I think tag-wise, I might use Big Sister, since she's trying to make sure that she's looking after her girls so that they don't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only one I can really justify right now. So let's go ahead and roll and see how this this goes. All right. Ooh, a three and a six. So that's nine plus the ones. So that's ten. 
You've got your jacket. You move towards the front door. And before opening it up to go outside, you sort of pause, take a deep breath, and try to open yourself. And you've sort of done this before. Maybe some people would say that you have a gift, that you can sense things from time to time. I don't know. I don't know if you believe in all that. Yeah. (laughs) But your face does start to almost feel like you're heavily blushing. You can feel a slight breeze across your skin. And so there might be something outside that is triggering this. I put my hand on my face and I just feel my cheek for a second. And I put my hand in my pocket and I step out the door. And I start immediately walking in the direction that people were running away from. And there are still people on the sidewalk. The air is pretty calm. The air is getting clear. It's not completely clear. There's still a lot of particles. And you get towards the end of the block. And from there, you can see a police line ahead of you, trying to keep people out of this area. And something makes you turn around. Almost on the other end of the street, facing towards you, are two men. So you get the sense that this is coming from them. So you can either see the true form of these two men, or the the rift form. You can see the rift form of these two men, or you can ask a different question. Ooh, tempting. Mm. Very tempting. I want to see the rift form. It feels like your eyes ripple just a little bit. And everything on this street stays exactly the same, except these two. One of these men now has a gigantic mouth filled with rows and rows of teeth. Ooh, personal nightmare. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the other seems to be all skin and bone and much taller than he was before with very long fingers. And one of them is pointed at you. And from this distance with this peering beyond the mist, you can almost hear him say, she has my bone. (laughs) (laughs) Mina being the way she is, I stare right back. I immediately make myself feel as tall as possible. Like five inch heels, yo. (laughs) (laughs) I make myself feel as tall as possible and I confidently look back at them. And I can, and you said I can hear that in my head, right? Yes. Oh, crap. Now they are on the other side of the block. So you are some distance away. Are, Are there, I'm assuming that because there's like, the whole hubbub in front of me and there's other people and lots of stuff going on. Gosh, there's not a lot of, my dog is sneaky. I am not. (laughs) (laughs) There's a police officer in front of me, correct? I'm going to go ahead and walk right up to him and I'm going to say, officer, excuse me, those two men across the street tried to cost me just a little while ago. This officer and there's one not too far away from, from him. They look up and they look down the street uh, and the, the officer that you went up to says, which, which, which men? Those two gentlemen over there across the street. Uh, and there are still a lot of people moving around. And it looks I, like he's, he's craning his neck. He's looking around. He's not quite seeing who you're pointing towards. Am I able to give him like the description of the two or have they just like. Right now you see their rift forms. Do you think you remember what they looked like? Before you saw them this way. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Me, Christine? No. (laughs) 
my character I think probably she would remember at least what they were wearing maybe not any facial features but like what they had on them clothing wise yeah I think so I think that they were two sort of average looking men one a little thin one a little stout wearing nice suits and hats they are moving in your direction calmly at a reg- uh, a steady pace through the crowd. They are still some distance away, but they are moving right towards you. Okay, I immediately uh, make a point of officers. I'm I don't feel safe at the moment, and I can't. And I play up that this is a little old me. I'm just I'm just a lady. I I can't possibly handle these two gentlemen on my own. And I play up that whole feigning feigning a deliberate what's the word i'm looking for helplessness yes feigning deliberate (laughs) helplessness uh and i think for move wise that might work as i think yeah i think convince for i'm gonna try and convince the officers to uh physically block them from getting any closer to me so let's do that um and I can do lots of tags for this because uh, <laughs> this is what I'm good at. Uh, command person, uh, better when dressed up. Are you uh, still dressed up? You changed your I dress. Am still, I, I did change my dress. I am in the coat, though. So I don't know if that's a very work. nice, very nice coat. The shoes are fantastic. They're like sparkly silver and like strappy. <laughs> oh, you so, have a ton. Yeah, probably trustworthy yeah command person better when dolled up feminine wild feminine wild oh yeah you have a okay yeah <laughs> let's go for it <laughs> oh geez i probably didn't need all that so that's a 13 total <laughs> yeah <laughs> never stood a chance yeah so this the second officer like rushes up very quickly and a third officer out of nowhere comes running over to help <laughs> you're married tommy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they are all very attentive. And those two men right there, those two men, uh, ma'am, you just stand back here. We'll have a we'll have a talk with these men. Oh, thank you so much. And I immediately just like, yes, tack those heels away, away, away. You have passed the police line. Uh, <laughs> it looks like there are some some um, medical officials or some fire department folks moving around because you're now within the block that this thing collided into you've definitely made it some distance away yeah i just glance back and see and try and uh this time get a better look at what the men look like so the one with the teeth when you turn back has (laughs) opened up one of these police officers mouths halfway and his hands are inside of his mouth looking for teeth it looks like he's pulling out tooth after tooth And the other has one hand around one of the police officer's throats. And the other looks like it is going within and underneath the skin of the second. What have you done? Well, this this escalated quickly. (laughs) Would you like to stay and watch? No! (laughs) Absolutely not. Yeah, you can run pretty well in heels. Lots of practice. (laughs) Yeah. It's very strange, though, because there are people sort of casually walking by them as this is happening that are not really reacting to to the tooth extraction and the under the skin bone extraction. I'm so sorry, Tommy. 
Oh, you, well, you don't know that this is Tommy. This this could be anybody. Could be anybody. He had a daughter. <laughs> uh, and as you run away, you feel this breeze come over your skin again. And there is a figure high up in the air, all in white with wings, just hovering over this block. Stanley and Father Gill. Mm-hmm. You are now within the zone of this disaster. My goal is just to look for for people who need uh, rescue or or assistance in in some way. Largely trained to basically assess what's going on here and all that, but uh, we'll we'll conveniently, you know, help out the the father as needed. Probably both of you can investigate to see if you find things that you can help with. All right. This is wild. This is weird. This is crazy. And... Nothing like this ever happened back in uh, the Battle of Bellow Wood was the first one you went to. Uh, anyway, so self-control for this one, definitely. So plus one. Um, and I'm thinking maybe I could potentially apply, like, knows the city. I mean, I might know where this is happening. And, yeah. But you know, where, there, where might be able to find people and uh, probably persistent and looking and digging around for people. Right. Okay. So that that's a two for you? Yeah. A power of two? Okay. Might, Father. Might throw maybe access the vulnerable in as well. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for people who need help. So it's plus two. Good. Uh, So I rolled an eight plus two is ten. You have two clues. Mm -hmm. And Stanley, how did you do? I got nine plus two, so eleven. Okay. So both of you can ask two questions. Okay. We can kind of bounce maybe between us. Yeah. My My first question would be, is anybody in obvious need of help? You can see uh, three men uh, dressed very nicely, sort of uh, looking like they're panicked, that are trying to open up the door to uh, a warehouse that looks like the roof is on fire. Oh, that's not good. Uh, Stanley, did you have a question right away? Um, yeah, not necessarily about them at the moment, but how about uh, where does it look like kind of the epicenter of this event is front world from where we are looks like on the other side of this warehouse is a tall building that used to be much taller whatever happened took off at least half of the building now you can't quite see it from where you are but there's something low on the ground that you don't have a good view of that seems to still be spewing smoke uh and if you both want you can hold Mm -hmm. on to those like you can you can take an action or you can use them both now Hey, maybe like we could we could hold on to one like to the end of the the scene or the scenario maybe and then if we don't if we don't use it then it's gone. But yeah, so let's say that let's say as long as you use it in this scene. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go try to stop those guys from uh, entering certain doom. Try to stop them from trying to get into that warehouse and try to direct them towards the police line. One of them has a crowbar and it looks okay. like he's really trying to force this door open. And as you sort of approach, uh, an older guy who might be in his late 50s is saying, just put your back into it. Just put your back into it. Get the door open. Come up like, gentlemen, you know, this, this building is on fire. This is not, this isn't safe. Come on, come on, let me, let me help you out. The, the police line is right over there. You can see it uh, just, just a bit. Come on, let's, let's get you to safety, all right? The older man turns around and says, oh, well, Thank you very much for your concern. We're just three gentlemen trying to get our property out of this building here. We'll be very careful. Thank you very much, Mr. Concerned Citizen. I understand that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just 
something's going on here and whatever's in there cannot be more valuable than your life. All right. And I want to make sure that you're all right. You'd be surprised what, what value is, buddy. We're fine. Why don't you just move along? Okay. So seeing seeing all this going, I sort of walk through and like move all of them aside. Um, And then I will attempt to, (laughs) I guess this, I'm trying to figure out what, what move this would be. Uh, But I'm basically intending to use my, my, uh, Claws tag <laughs> and persistent and just open the door. Yeah. Okay. I guess it would be take a risk or or hit it with all of God. The tag of this door. <laughs> Securely shut. I think you're trying to remove that tag from this door. Yeah. yeah. Which might be change, change the, the game. game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That is what I'm trying to do. So, all right, let's see how that goes. So, I'll be applying. Stanley walk up and. Yeah, I just kind of like uh, put, move everyone aside. The guy um, with the crowbar says, says, Hey, hey, which, watch who you're pushing, yeah. pal. And then, and then I say, They want in, let them have it. Uh, then I try to, yeah, so claws, and uh, I guess I could probably go with persistence. Claws and persistence, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's an eight plus two, ten. Okay, so you get to do two things because you had a power of two. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is I can remove the status of being securely shut mm-hmm. and inflict the status of it being uh, crumpled and broken. <laughs> Father Gil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stanley sort of walks calmly up to the door and you sort of see his back. Uh-huh. He does something mm-hmm. that crashes through this door and one of the hinges is totally off and is now hanging sideways. Sweet mercy. Yeah, that feeling that I got off him is making more sense now. And then it's sort of motion towards the door. Have at it. Uh, The older guy sort of looks at the door and looks back at Stanley. Father Gill, Stanley. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. We'll just secure our possessions and be on our way to safety. Boys. Please be be careful and, and, and get yourselves out as fast as you can, all right? And he tips his hat. Of course, sir. Thank you very much. Boys, <laughs> go uh, go get our belongings there. They run into the building. Okay. I just turned to Stanley and I gently sort of guide him away from <laughs> the guy with the, the crowbar. Like, what? what did you just do? I opened the door. They wanted yeah, to get... It's up to them. All right. All right. They're, they're, they're grown adults. They know how to take care of themselves. It's fine. Yeah. Shrug. They were going at it with a crowbar for a while, and they weren't opening that. I, you're, you've, yeah, you're stronger than you look, maybe. They did it wrong. <laughs> sure, that must be it. All right, all right, all right. What else are we looking for here? So those were the only people he saw immediately, but we did have kind of a direction over towards a thing on the ground that still has smoke coming from it. And Yeah, you could probably, if you go down a little further, there might be an alleyway. Uh, maybe you could go through this uh, this warehouse. Maybe there's a door on the other side. Maybe there's a uh, you know there there's some ways around this these buildings. I might ask the the guy with the crowbar. Uh, you know, can we get through to the other side through this warehouse? Is there a, is there a door on the opposite end? Oh no no no! You, you, there's no way out through this way. You got you you can't. No, there's no way. <laughs> Sense mode. All right. This sounds like an insight check there. Uh, it, it really does. Yeah. yeah. What would that be? That feels like, I, you know, the closest would be an investigate, I guess. 
Well, you have, you still have an. Inv- oh, a clue. I saw that one question. I saw that one clue. Yeah. Uh, so, in in what sense? I'm not going to ask. Does this guy look shifty? He clearly <laughs> does. <laughs> in what sense does this guy look shifty? Uh, can I get a get a get a read on sort of what kind of man I'm facing here? Mm, yeah. You know, now that you size him up, you've always known that there's some kind of organized crime in this city. Oh yeah. I don't know to what extent you have looked into that in the past. Uh, I've I've touched on the fringes of it. Sure, we got some, we got some kids who are involved in gang trouble, and I try to gently steer them away from that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. you you get the sense that this man is dressed very well, and and may have connections to some sort of uh, crime family. All right, all right, all right. I'll I'll turn to Stanley and I'll say uh, I think we'd best go around. Uh, there's not much arguing with a man like this. I mean, whatever works for you, we can we can go through. I mean, not right now. I think we have bigger problems than uh, this gentleman I here. I don't. I don't think he's going to stop us. Maybe not you. Maybe not you. I, I think it, it's probably better right now if we if we go around. It'll be less. It'll be quicker. Sure. Okay. And I just sort of look at. I just look, kind of look at the guy, like just capture his face in my memory, because you know, if if he pops up in any of my investigations, uh, I want to remember where I've seen him before. Yeah, he's got a a flat top with salt and pepper hair. Uh looks like he's been out in the sun an awful lot in his life. He's uh he's trying to uh hide this double chin he has. I say uh I'll see you again, friend. And uh start to walk around the warehouse. Stanley, you have one more uh clue. Are we still going to be in this scene as we go around the warehouse here or you're walking away from this this uh, warehouse entrance, and it looks like the next buildings on this block, like there's an alleyway in between the warehouse and this next little uh, cluster of shops, small shops. So you are still in the scene, and it looks like as you look down the alleyway, you can see there are people down there, some uh, some firemen that are at work on this building that is now missing the top half. Maybe can I figure out what this used to be? The building? Yeah, that they're currently attending to. You do know this building. Okay. Um, because this was once a, um, well, just up until about an hour ago, <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was an office building. You may have been in there a few times trying to sell vacuum cleaners uh, to some of the companies that are in there. There might have been uh, some publishing. There might have been some engineering I think uh, you do know that, that uh, okay. most of the, the building was taken up by decent-sized businesses that needed office space. Okay. And the two of you are on your way. Mm-hmm. Okay. To the epicenter of all this, I assume. Minha, mm-hmm. what is your plan at this moment? Oh, gosh. I have a finger bone in my pocket. These two very creepy gentlemen want said finger bone and are clearly willing to do any and everything to get it. So I guess I want to figure out what's going on with this finger bone and whether or not it's connected to any of this crap. Is there anybody that I can ask about whatever the hullabaloo is? Like, if is there somebody who's clearly directing uh, traffic of like workers or something like that that i can ask yeah so you have uh let's see so you you're definitely within the impact zone 
Uh, so there are there are still civilians trying to get out, police, first responders trying to help those that are panicking and moving around. What kind of a, who are you looking for? You're just looking for a police officer? Are you looking I'm for- looking for somebody who, I'm looking for like a police officer, somebody of authority who looks like they are like sending, like directing paramedics which way or, you know, fire and rescue this way or because they would probably know where people need to go. There are a number of officers running around. You can see one not too far away who's sort of like uh, using hand signals to help a uh, ambulance back up. Like straight towards them. And I go and I uh, tap him, uh, start waving my hand. Excuse me, officer, officer. Oh, are you okay? Do you need help? I, you need I, I'm all right. I'm just, I'm just a little bit confused. What, what went on? We're not really sure yet. There was a, um, it looks like there was maybe an explosion or something. We don't, we don't know. Uh, but are you injured? Is your, do, do you need help? Do you want me to find you a, a, a medical official or, I, or I'm, can I? I? I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. Other than just a bit of confusion going on. You said there was an explosion. We don't really, it, it has to have been an explosion. I don't know what else would have done this, but, uh. Uh, it looks like it was on the top floor of uh, uh, Whitman Central. Whitman Central? I hope this is not me intruding. Is there anything I can do? Like how? I, I just need to know, and I'm going to make up a lie on the spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I say, oh, just I'm, I'm really worried about my sister because she's she works around that area. She's a secretary, and I just really need to make sure that she's all right. I'm just really concerned about her. Oh, uh, well, I mean, we're still we, we are finding almost everyone is fine and uh, they're being evacuated to the local hospitals. If she was there, are a lot of people that got away without any injuries at all. And people are still getting away at this point. It's too early to to really check on one person in particular. OK, um, how do I get there? To the hospital? Just, no, uh, not go to back the, hospital, the way you can. To, oh, no, I just I just. I know it's probably not the smartest idea, but I'm just really worried about my sister. Is there, is there a way, is there the quickest way? Like, I know there's streets blocked off and things like that, but what's the quickest way to get to that building? I'm, I'm sorry. I can't let you go any further. This is a very I'm, dangerous area. I, I know, but just please, I'm just so worried and I'm going to convince that sucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That thing I'm good at. Dolled up, trustworthy, feminine wiles. Uh, <laughs> Every party needs one of these, so you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if uh, my weakness of non-ideal situation would. I probably would. I mean, he's really trying to to get people to safety and running towards danger in those heels, (laughs) man. So I think uh, draw. I think uh, command person, better when dolled up, trustworthy, feminine wiles, uh, minus non-ideal situation. So that would be plus three. Okay. All right, let's do this. <laughs> I rolled two sixes. <laughs> so that's a 15, yo. All right, ma'am. Um, if you go right down here, take a left behind the building. Before you get to it, there's a there's a medical center right there. You might be able to find someone there who has seen your sister. But please, if you don't see her, for your own safety, double check, ask around. But then please evacuate the area as quickly as you can. I grab both of his hands and I clasp them in mine and I say, thank you so much. Bless you. Bless you, sir. And I just walk over that way. <laughs> okay. So you make it down and you turn left 
and you can see uh, right away there is uh, something like an emergency triage center that you've seen pictures of from the war. There are a number of medical professionals there working on people that did not escape as quickly as others. You're in this area with a lot of confusion. No one is paying any attention to you for once. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you also see uh, an alleyway on the other side, and there are two men, not the men that you saw earlier, <laughs> but two men uh, walking down the alley into this area, and you start to feel a little flushed. And you start to feel a breeze on your face, and oh. you get the sense that it is coming from them. Oh, jeez. Me being, do do I recognize them at all? Are they any? Are they clients, uh, previous clients, or? At first, you don't recognize them. You are paying more attention now because you know that there's something up with them. And so, pausing just for a moment, they emerge from the darkness of the alleyway. You can see that one of them has the the white collar of a priest and the other is someone that you have seen on a few occasions before he's this sort of silent vacuum cleaner salesman i mean he's, that, always, he's, he's not silent when he's just selling yeah. that you know stoic <laughs> yeah i think that there was a moment where the two of you had a sense that there was something about the other that was a little more than most people could tell. I immediately flagged them down. Gentlemen, excuse me, gentlemen, can I get some help here? We get the same, that, that, that vibe from her. That we absolutely, from yeah, absolutely. Okay. We were going to try to, to help anybody who needs help, but uh, it seems the authorities have that under control. Um, yeah, it took a lot of convincing to let them let me through, so... Yeah, me too. It's 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 yeah. They're, they're, it's good to know that they're good at their jobs. That's it's important. But uh, we were heading that way to see if we could find the source of whatever this was. Yeah, see, seen the angel yet? Right, the angel. The three of you are are very close to being beneath this this yeah this figure that is hovering far far up in the air, pointing upwards. And I go, you mean that yeah. thing floating above our heads right now? Yeah, it's hard to miss. Yeah, yeah, just a bit. I thought I was. Nobody else seems to be noticing. That, that'll that happen sometimes. Angels are, are capricious beings. <laughs> I'll, I'll trust you on that, mm. Father, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, Father Gil, nice nice to meet you. Father Gil, I'm Mina. Mina, nice. And I, I don't think I, I got your name, friend. Stanley. Stanley Nimick. Stanley Nimick, all right. Well then, uh, should we see what this angel wants? <laughs> Knowing that that's never a good idea. <laughs> Everything I've ever read about them tells me that's never a good idea, but uh, this doesn't happen too often, does it? If you feel so compelled, then sure. But um, do you all get a warm, tingly feeling from the finger bone in my pocket? Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. No. I put my hand in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Father, you in particular, yes. I guess I should ask, since you are a man of the cloth. And I pull the finger bone out of my pocket and I go, fair warning. Right. Since we're all able to see that thing above our heads, I wonder if you have any opinions on this thing. And I open my palm. Take it from her palm. Like, Thank you. Looks like a finger bone. I don't know where you would have come it's, across this, but it's a finger bone. Sort of right. over and, and someone probably wants that back. 
completely or, about or that. More to the point, they don't. Because most people, I don't know where you get the bone from. Well, there's a lot of explanation that I could possibly make here, but I'll give you the short version. All right. There are two gentlemen. Right. Who, uh, let's just say they're not my biggest fans. And it right. seems that this belongs to one of them. And I feel okay. compelled, considering what they did to get past the police, I'm compelled to think that getting this back to them would be something dangerous to do. Uh, can I glance around and see if I see two, two men who seem to be out of place other than the three of us? I think uh, you can just glance around. Okay. And when you start to do that, you start to feel... Mm-hmm. Your pulse quicken, your temperature rise. Yep. Not too far away, you can see two men in suits slowly walking through the crowd in your direction. All right. You say they're looking for this? Yes. And um, uh, do I'm assuming I feel the same flush face, warm air sensation. Yeah. And you can see, you can see what you saw before. They still look exactly the same. Then I just, I just, uh, all right. Well, if you think they're they're dangerous, then uh... <laughs> you break the bone. Yes. Oh, they stop, <gasps> and they look very unhappy. Oh. <laughs> and without okay. either of you, um, Father Gill and Stanley, mm. without either of you trying, they ripple. And you can see what looks like their true form. A gigantic mouth filled with rows and rows of teeth and a very tall and slender skin and bones, almost a sunken skeletal head. You get the sense that they can see who you are really. And at the bottom of the page, it says to be continued. (laughs) 